Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep. Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast. I'm John Nothing Doe, and before we get this started, folks, remember, like, share, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Uh, I wouldn't tell your mom and dad. They probably don't even, don't even know how to use the internet. With that being said, on the show today, the one, the only, Motorsports Mofo. How are you, pal? I'm wonderful. Happy to uh, be here on this glorious day that we're having here in Ontario, Canada. Finally a... seeing some nice weather. And uh, yeah, yeah let's, uh, let's just uh, see that continue. Want to get the uh, want to get the tracks open. Want to get back out there. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, quickly before we dive into the the idea of what this podcast is going to be all about today, this episode, the segment rather. Mm. What's going on in the NASCAR world? Do you have anything you can throw at me real quick before we get deep into this? Yeah, so th- this little NASCAR update is going to be uh, brought to you by Rogaine. And uh, so, John, you yourself could actually uh, serve well from uh, the usage of Rogaine. And then uh, we will... <laughs> <laughs> also, I this episode to... was brought to you by Small Penises. Not everybody can have a big one like John Doe. The letters F and the vowels U. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's weird. Yeah, uh, so um, just uh, just some just some quick updates there on NASCAR. So um, hopefully everyone got to see Atlanta. And Atlanta really brought a good firestorm. Um, I know there was the Daniel Hemrick and Noah Gregson um, fight there on pit road uh, post-race. I, I just want to say, I, I know initially I thought, well, that's racing boys have that sort of mentality. I know um, uh, listeners, so shout out to Patrick again down in Florida. Thank you, bud, for uh, your continued support and listening. And to everyone else listening out there, we do appreciate it. We and Donna, it. hashtag Donna. I have not heard from Donna, though, in a number of weeks. I think maybe we burned that bridge. But, I did. Uh... I did. I did. <laughs> she says something like mofo and micro penis. I don't know what those two oh, have to do with geez. each other, but here uh, we go. go here deep. we go. But yeah, no, so the uh, Daniel Hemrick and Noah Gregson thing, um, I, I know a few people have asked me sort of my take on it, and um, my, my personal thought at the time was just that, you know, that that's that's a racing thing, you know, you, you block the man's pit stop, of course he's going to, you know, he's going to get a little pissed and have to sort of back up, and, you know, maybe you're not going to wait, like the way that he backs up uh, to then re-enter into his pit stall. Basically, that's because, John, you have to have all four tires within certain parameter of the pit stall. So oh. if someone's blocking you or blocking your, your entry entry point or angle, it throws off you. And uh, so we had Noah Gregson sort of uh, threw it in reverse. Obviously, he had to because he had to overshoot his pit stop. But, uh, you know, he looked like he went a little bit farther into, you know, Hemrick than he should have. Okay, okay. But uh, that that there is uh, that there can be debated all day long, and uh, anyway, it led to a fight. I know Patrick just felt though that uh, his point basically was is that you know you got crew members on pit road, and uh, his personal thing was you know uh, Gregson maybe uh, should have been suspended for you know a, a five or a ten race thing, given that he put potential crew members at risk. So that makes definitely. Sense. Um, Definitely something that, you know, we're going to have to delve into. I'd like to maybe see about getting him on the show if he uh, has some time um, just to, to discuss that a little more in depth. But uh, that was in the Xfinity Series race. Um, shout out to my boy Ryan Blaney taking uh, his uh, first uh, win this season in the uh, Cup Series race. Uh, Larson stole it away from Larson there at the end. But, I mean, uh, 
good to see Kyle Larson back. I think now I've really sort of been able to square that off, and I'm, you know, so I'm happy to see him back and really running well in the the five uh, car for Hendrick Motorsports. So uh, showing some strength there as a possible championship contender. And uh, shout out to uh, Tony Stewart, and I've had the, the the pleasure actually over the years of being able to meet uh, Tony Stewart. Um, hell of a driver, um, hell of an owner there for Stewart Haas Racing. And uh, if you've ever got to watch this man on a dirt track, it is a real treat. But uh, Tony Stewart and uh, Leah Pruitt. Leah Pruitt, uh, obviously, we, I know we've talked about Leah in the past. Uh, Luce, I do believe, like a women in motorsports in past episodes. And uh, so Leah is a top fuel dragster um, for Dodge. And then she runs its uh, factory stock, I believe. I follow her, though, a lot in her uh, in her top fuel quest but uh anyway so the pair of them got engaged they've been dating just over a year i do believe and i uh, noticed on uh their instagram account that they had posted uh, their engagements i think that was back on like march 18th so good to them shout out to them you know uh hopefully a happy uh happy days going forward for them and uh you know it was just uh especially having meeting tony I, I'm, I'm very happy for him so, uh, but yeah, like it's uh, lots of things coming up in the NASCAR world, Easter and uh, going into Martinsville. So uh, two short tracks. I'm sure tempers are going to boil, giving us lots to talk about. But yeah, It's going to change our, from NASCAR uh, to WWE wrestling, eh? Hey, you know what? Just bringing a two-by-four in a kitchen sink and we're all set, right? Well, I don't know what the kitchen sink's going to do, but the two-by-four is definitely something of interest. You don't, I, I remember watching an episode years, like, I mean, years ago as a kid, and literally someone, like, you know, there was the guy that brought in the garbage can, and it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You need a garbage can. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just remember the one guy running in with, like, a kitchen sink, and it was, like, an aluminum or, you know, whatever they, not aluminum, but stainless steel. He came running in with the kitchen sink, and I think he hit one guy, and then it's like, it, you know, flew off forever. And yeah. it's like, the you know, you, you can't help but laugh. But it, it literally brings the point, uh, you know, everything but until you see it coming down into the ring, right? It's funny. I'm sure T.O. Big Show would love to elaborate on that particular match. I'm sure he has it saved in his archive on his computer at home. Next yeah, you know, we were T.O. Big Show and I, we, we were talking about that there a while back, just about like some of the stuff that the guys would come running into the ring with. And as kids, you're watching it. And I, I you know, I said to him, I specifically said, like, you know, um, I, I remember tombstoning my cousin because I saw The Undertaker do it. <laughs> and, I it's like, and I met, I, no, well, I did it. We were, thank God, we were outside. And we were on the grass or whatever, we were wrestling. And he's like, I remember him saying, like, oh, my neck. I'm like, shut up. And i just like, come on, we're doing it again. And I did it to him a second time. Now, I made sure, like, I, I don't remember if I actually let his head hit the ground. Because as you get older, you realize the Undertaker had the guy's head, like, up. So yeah, that it wouldn't and, like, hit. Between his thighs. But, but, yeah, when you're a kid, you don't think about these things. So yeah. uh... And his head is, like, below your kneecaps. <laughs> so when you hit the fucking ground, he's, he's going to be a paraplegic in half an hour. Right? You know, I, I do laugh, but I, I look back and I'm glad that no one got hurt. But I do have to say, like, um, after after listening to some, you know, podcasts of, of like The Undertaker and Joe Rogan and um, some of these other guys, you know, now that they're a little older, The Rock and Shawn Michaels, you listen to these guys and just tell the stories. And I got to say, man, like, you know what? It was definitely entertaining as a kid. I, I can't say that I'm into it now. It's just not, I've gotten away from it. Same here. But as a kid, absolutely. Like, I was there, man. That was. That was my life as a kid. So, Mofo. Yeah. Let's talk spring maintenance. We already kind of uh, covered it. that. It's yep. beautiful outside. 
So I have a list here, and it's probably not as extensive or as big as your list because, like, you're the car guy, right? You know your shit. I'm just the guy that Googles shit and it tells me what to write. So let's talk about car maintenance. What should people be doing right now? Like, I mean, I know it's just started getting warm. Should we be changing our tires already or should we be waiting a little bit longer? So this is just going to be like, I mean, a short, you know, just to, to give you the initial. And I would encourage anyone, if you have specific questions or, um, you know, like maybe how-tos or things like that, feel free to reach out to us at the show. You know, we are on Instagram at Motorsports Mofo, and I will be happy to try and walk you through. But this is just a general guideline that I like to start with. So we'll start off, obviously, with tires. And the reason I'll start with tires is because, obviously, everyone is chomping at the bit to get their summer tires back on, get their, you know, their really fresh wheels, you know, their rims. They want to have them back on, all shiny and rolling. And I... I personally, I try to wait till it's consistently, at least here in Ontario, between 7 and 10 degrees on a regular basis. And I say that because it's it's inevitable in April, um, or sorry, in March and then in April that you, you usually get a, a string of weather where it's oh, a week where we get plus 8, plus 9, and then next Boom. week or two weeks there, it's back to zero, slap in the face. Boom. And it's, wow, what, what did we do wrong? Yeah. So... Personally, I like to leave um, my winter tires on until it's going to be consistently above, you know, above seven, eight degrees. And then I will, okay, I'll get the summers out and I will get them ready to go. So that's my personal threshold. Other people are like, well, the salt's gone. Uh, you know, it looks like there's going to be smooth days ahead and they want to slap them on. It's a personal preference thing. But the bigger thing when it comes to tires is... I'd like to always inspect my tires, both my winters and my summers when I'm doing the swap over. And the reason for that is as I'm taking the winters off, obviously most people are like, well, you're not worried about your winter tires. You're not. But I also want to know for the season going forward into the winter, do I have to plan for another set? Obviously, you're going to inspect them before you quickly slap them on in the winter, as we've talked about with Tony, the maintenance guy. Yep. You are going to inspect them. But to the point is I want to know, oh, I have a nail on this one. Okay, I'm going to circle that and I'm going to plug it or I'm going to take it into a local repair shop and I'm going to get that dealt with. Or, hey, I noticed that, you know, this uh, side tie of the right front is wearing different than the left front. Hmm, maybe I have an alignment issue. Maybe I should be factoring an alignment into the equation or checking those front end components. And that all starts basically, guys and girls, with checking those tires. So you're checking the winners to see what signals you're seeing or signs, I should say, that you're seeing for going forward to putting on those summers. That being said, you're going to then roll your summers out of the shed, out of the basement, out of the garage, or maybe you're just one of those people that's had the summers on all season. You're just ready to roll. Um, but I, I, I do like to check basically for cuts, cords, and bulges. Bulges in the sidewall, basically when, the, you know, you'll see it. It's like a little goose egg on the side, and you're getting ready for a blowout. And it's basically the belts and cords have shifted, allowing all of a sudden the rubber to just pop. And uh, that's something that you do not want to be driving on because if it blows, it will blow out hard and uh, it could damage your rim. And you're basically looking for abnormal wear, anything like that, just on your winter tire or your summer tire ice, sorry. You've obviously had a quick look at them probably when you took them off in the fall, but just refresh yourself. You know, you want to make sure that your wear bars or wear indicator uh, that you have adequate tread depth. So in Ontario, it's, Two thirty seconds of an inch, as I do recall, has to be the bare minimum. And if it's less than that, you know, at three points, that would be a roadside stop failure. 
uh, with a brand new tire being usually, and I say brand new usually because like my semi slicks, they start off at five thirty seconds of an inch. But most road purpose, general purpose tires, you're starting off at ten thirty seconds of an inch, adequate tread depth. Take the head of a, you know, I'd say a penny, but they're gone. So take a dime and just make sure that when you stick it into the tread depth that you have adequate tread depth, boys and girls. And if you have questions, again, feel free to reach out. But basically, yeah, just make sure your tires are in good shape. They are the first safety device, if you will, that, and the only safety device that are actually going to contact the road. And if the tires are looking dry, like the, you'll see the dry rod um, within the tire, and they're starting to crack and show, you know, wear, pony up the extra dollars. Spend the money on the goddamn tires because that is the only safety piece that is actually contacting the road. Yes, this is you have not like yes, uh, you have... the Flintstones, right? Where it was your feet and the rock uh, tires that were touching the road. You know what? Uh, my eyes have seen things. I, I have seen floor pans completely gone, but hey, don't worry, the carpet's there. So you never, never discount the Flintstone cars. Um, <laughs> I guess that know, makes it yeah. cheaper for air conditioning too, right? Well, that's what 260 air is. Uh, you know, you put the windows down, two two windows down, 60 mile an hour down the road. So, but yeah, so, so tires. So just make sure, guys, you, you, you check those tires. Um, very important. So I guess um, the next thing would be uh, your brakes. Yeah, man, you've got the tires off. Um, now, if you're doing it yourself, guys, I uh, should just remember, make sure you torque them when you're done with a proper torque wrench. Uh, to your factory setting, and then go back, you know, a few days later, retorque them again, or, you know, 100, 120 kilometers, uh, if you're on Ontario, or Canada, I should say, kilometers, uh, retorque them. But while you've got those wheels off, you want to look at the brakes. Brakes are important. They will help stop you along with those uh, tires gripping the road. So brakes. <sighs> brakes are always a funny thing. Brakes brakes are funny because you, you'll always hear people say, oh, I, I, they look at them in the, the winter and they go, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'll have to get them into the spring. They don't want to spend the money, you know, going into Christmas, going into all this and that. Springtime comes and then it's like, oh, shit, I got to do these. Oh, well, I, I just want to get my wheels on. And then people forget. And the next thing, brakes are metal, metal, making a nasty sound, almost like the mother-in-law at Thanksgiving. Wow. I hope she doesn't <laughs> listen to the podcast, buddy, because she's about to Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> She's eight feet underground. I don't have to worry. Moving on. <laughs> or, oh, wow. Talk about going deep. <laughs> no, so ba- basically, guys, without getting into the mechanical function and operation of the brakes, um, ha- have a visual inspection at minimum. And if you think they look down or you, you, you feel the pedal is just not what it should be, at, at minimum, I ask you to at least do a visual inspection. If you're not comfortable doing your own brakes, find a local repair shop, take it into your mechanic, have them at least at a minimum like a brake service done. That's basically lubricating the calipers, sliders there, so the caliper is able to move properly on its pins, uh, make sure the bracket, everything is free and, you know, isn't all rusted and seized up so that everything's locked. You want things, everything to be free and moving, and uh, brakes are brakes are key. That being said, if you are more of a DIYer and you are going to do a service, I always recommend it minimum a service, and I always do mine spring and fall, just because that's just my my style. But um, if you have drum brakes, obviously you know you're going to be in there and you're going to be lubricating a little bit behind your uh, brake shoes. And if you have you know onboard parking brake or inboard parking brake, as you say, again same sort of thing. If you have a rear disc. You know, you're making sure that you don't have a rust buildup and things like that. So basically, just a service at minimum. But if they um, if they do require a little bit uh, more attention, get them into your local repair shop, get them changed, get them uh, 
you know, back in proper working condition because brakes, honestly, are the most important thing on the vehicle because, Christ, if you need to stop, what are you going to press? The brakes. So brakes are important. Um, up there, then, we have also got fluids. And I say fluids because, I mean, obviously, everyone changes their oil, or most people do. Um, you know, I know we've talked to Tony, the maintenance guy, in depth about fluid changes, oil changes specifically. Uh, you know, so obviously, everyone dumps the oil. But then I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he says, hey, I'm like, yeah, He's like, I was into, won't, won't, you know, we won't call any dealership out. But he was in a Dodge Ram 1500. He took it to his dealership. No problem. Okay. He's on the hoist there just getting the oil change. And they say, oh, you, do you know about you need your front and rear diffs uh, serviced and change the fluid? He said, you're in the headlights. No, no, I didn't. So it was almost 600 and change later that, uh, you know, then he was finally uh, walking out the door for getting his front and rear diff service uh, changed and uh, fluid changed. And he still the transmission service to do. So, boys and girls, these are not hard services to do. Any questions, again, feel free to reach out to us on the show or me at Motorsports Mobile, and I will try to walk you through it. But basically, um, there is other fluids on the vehicle other than just your engine oil. You have transmission, you have power steering, you have coolant. Coolant is very important. You have made sure that you checked it in the, in the fall there that it was a proper mixture rate so that it would not freeze. And now, likewise, you want to make sure that it hasn't gelled or it's still looking like there's no mixing of oil in the coolant, anything like that. Use a hydrometer, and it'll tell you what the boiling and freezing points are. Um, you can pick that up at any parts store. But th- there's basically a lot of fluids that you should be going through your individual maintenance schedule book and having a quick look at. So something to be aware of so that you're not walking into the dealership like you know, my buddy there and all of a sudden walking out with a sore ass like uh, John uh, Doe there. <clears throat> oh, wow. You got to be like that, eh? <laughs> well, it's it's what I do. I got to bring it to the, uh, bring it to you. But no, basically, guys, um, fluids are important. Uh, you've just been through winter. You, you know, in some cases, you're going to a lighter weight oil because, or a heavier weight oil because you were running a lighter weight oil in the winter. Um, or maybe you're just running the same, like I know mine just, calls for zero w20 all year round so that's what i run Hmm. by the manufacturer uh specifications but basically fluids are important everyone uh make sure you follow your specific manual and uh service recommendation and if they are required to be flushed or changed then you do it and it certainly does not need to be as painfully expensive as to what i had uh like i say my good buddy go through at the dealer with uh with his truck but uh yeah, so fluids are definitely important. It was weird. I was uh, uh, checking with your old lady, and her lube hadn't been checked in a while, so I got it. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> you, you oh, can talk about, talk about going from like a safe zone to getting burned. Like, <laughs> so um, we have windshield wipers and a windshield, and one of the recommendations I seen online, and you could probably concur with this, is uh, you know making sure your windshield doesn't have any cracks from like you know salt or rocks and uh you know taking it to the appropriate place to get it filled in but windshield wipers is always an important issue well wipers are key people think dismiss them you know you're in it uh you're in at the local shop or you're getting it you have the lickety lube getting you know a quick oil change done in the five for ten minutes and you got the guys coming over trying to sell you on wiper blades i think a lot of people are just like no no they're fine they're good they're still attached to the arms they're good don't leave them i don't want to hear about them just whatever 
listen, the rubber, they, they start to dry out. And next thing you'll see, like, the little tears at the ends. And before you know you're going down the, the 401, you know, kids are in the back seat bouncing around, screaming, and you're in a rainstorm. And you need those bloody wipers to work. And now you can't see shit because you cheaped out on some, you know, $5, $8 wiper blades. Spend some dollars, spend some money on a good quality wiper blade. And I will leave that in your, you, the listener's personal preference as to what blade you like to use. But go in, don't don't try and buy the 5 or the $8 wiper blade just to save a buck. Buy a, po- a proper wiper blade that is going to last and, and really, you know, do what you need to do. Do not cheap out on your wiper blades. So like John has cheaped out on his haircut and uh, windshield. I just want to finish this thought here before I get burned from it. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. The, uh, the windshields are also important, guys, because if you have a little stone chip, stone chips, obviously, you go into, you know, there's numerous places out there um, that, that do stone chips. So if you get a stone chip, you know, you go in, you get it fixed, and it, it, it's cheap to have a little stone chip fixed versus if the windshield starts to crack specifically, that's, then you're going to be into a replacement of a windshield. And you've got to remember that that's there. The windshield is got structural integrity that it adds to the vehicle. You, you say, oh, it's just a piece of glass. You'd be surprised how much that glass, that, that windshield adds structural integrity of the vehicle, which becomes compromised once it's cracked and starts to spider around everywhere. And then plus, in theory, um, or realistically, it would fail a roadside stop by the MTO if it is in the driver's sight line. Hmm. So... Uh, windshields are definitely very important. Wiper blades, though, you can't see through that windshield if you got shitty wiper blades like uh, John Doe has. We've talked about the oil. We've talked about the fluids. We've talked about wiper blades, uh, windshields. Uh, <clears throat> we need to talk about the lighting and belts and hoses. Yep. So lighting obviously is important. You don't want to get pulled over, uh, you know, by the police to be reminded that you have no brake lights or that you have no marker lights. Um, signal. You know, guys, check your bulbs, throw your four-ways on, have a quick walk around the car and just have a little perusal at those lights. Have uh, the neighbor or your wife or your friend or an uncle or whoever come in and tap the brake lights. And if you decide, nope, it's COVID, I'm not talking to anyone, well, take a two-by-four, wedge a two-by-four between the seat and that'll still activate your brake lights for you. You want to make sure those light bulbs are working so people around you know what they are doing and what is going on. Um, fluid or hoses, sorry, are self-explanatory. You're looking under the hood and you're looking for your coolant, your power steering, uh, transmission cooler line, things like that to make sure that you are not seeing anything obvious. And again, if you are not sure what you are looking at, I would advise you, you go and find your Tony, the maintenance guy, and you go and find him or her, whoever they are. Um, at your local service shop and you get them to inspect things if you are not sure what you're looking at. Um, I was helping a, you know, a coworker the other night there after work, you know, just we were perusing. I said, oh, it looks like you got a little bit of a coolant leak coming from one of the hose clamps. So just little things like that, you know, maybe the clamp just needs a little, you know, worm gear clamp needs a little tighten up or if it's a factory clamp, maybe it's time to replace it. The spring tension in it is gone. But yeah, very important things. You don't want to be left stranded on the side of the road and especially guys, 
same along with the fluids. As the weather gets warmer, your patients are probably increasing that, you know, you've got more time, you're more willing to stand in the driveway or the, the shop, wherever, dealing with some of these flushes and checks. And they are very important. But you want to make sure that the lights are working, obviously. That's self-explanatory. Headlight. You can't see where you're going. Uh, you got shitty-ass wiper blades on now. you got a broken windshield from the, the winter that you failed to fix, and now it's cracked and and now you got a headlight out, even better. Oh, and guess who's pulling you over, right? Yeah. So, no, it's just Murphy's uh, Law. So keep, keep those bulbs, keep everything like that. You want to be on that stuff. I can tell you who won't be pulling you over, and that will be Mofo's old lady. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm sure Alan Smithy's rolling around in his car right now laughing. Yeah, Al, you know what? I got some words for Alan Smithy, and it's dedication. That is, that's where dedication starts, Mr. Smithy, is uh, dedication and plan A. So that's a shout out to him specifically. <laughs> I will end this, I, cause I, I, like I said, I'm just trying to keep this as a, a general guideline for everyone. And again, guys, any specific questions to your application vehicle or other automotive questions, feel free to reach out to uh, me at, at Motorsports Mofo on Instagram. And I do try to respond uh, quickly and uh you know, but so the last point I just want to quickly cover off before we wrap this bad boy up is body care. And I'm not talking about the road game that John uses on his uh, scalp there, but basically I, w- <laughs> I want to talk, I want to talk just about, you know, uh, making sure that you get the car washed, good soapy uh, study bath, and uh, you pick the products that you want to use. Um, I know some guys are really into the chemical guys stuff. Other people, you know, like, they like their Meguiar's or uh, ever. You know, I'm not going to sit here and debate. I'm not a detailer. That's not my forte. But there's oodles of detailing products out there. So get in there. Get the interior cleaned out. We'll obviously, start with a good vacuuming. I go in with my little carpet cleaner, and I make sure I, any little salt stains out of the carpet. Uh, the floor mats, they obviously all get vacuumed out and hosed down and soaked and sudded. And then I spend a lot of time, you know, out on the body of the truck. Or in my case, truck, you maybe have a car. But get out there. Give it a good washing. If you see any stone chips that maybe you didn't see over the winter from all the grime on it, Get some touch-up paint out. Get them touched up. You don't want them starting to rust. Now, all of a sudden, now you go in, you tell the wife or the, you know, whoever, hey, I'll be back in an hour, honey, and you you drive the truck around the corner, and you spend the next hours waxing, polishing. And that wax is important. It adds an extra layer of protection. Of protection? Sorry. eh? Protection. But I can tell you, anyone that has ever waxed a car or said, oh, this, this will only take 20 minutes or an hour, Trust me, it takes longer than that. Once you get going, it sort of snowballs, and you will see what I'm talking about if this is your first time ever waxing and detailing a vehicle. The you know the proverbial hour turns into multiple hours, but it's well worth it. It is body care maintenance both inside and outside for your vehicle. So and let me ask you something be, while you're on this topic yeah. of wax. So there is like a windshield wax, right? And it's good for inside and out. It's like a spray. What is your feeling? Would you prefer... Or, or do you prefer to just use like a Windex or like a foam cleaner for the inside and outside of your windows? Or do you like the wax cleaner that they have that they um, have like a sponsor? I won't name the company, but it's like sponsored by NASCAR. Okay. So again, all personal preferences. I'm just going to go ahead and say what I do. And this is only for myself. I use like a foaming, uh, style one on the like a foaming spray on the the inside of the windshield the other windows um on the inside i just use windex just because that's just what i use yep 
And on, on the outside, I use Rain-X, and I've never had a problem with Rain-X. It cheats it a little beads the water off, and I've never had a problem with it. So I've just always used Rain-X, and, uh, you know, Rain-X works for me, so I just I keep using it. There are obviously okay. other products out there, and uh, that is, that you know, they're, I'm, I'm sure also work wonders. But th- I, I use Rain-X, and it works for me, so that's just what I, what I roll with. But, um, so before we cap you know, this off, let me ask you, is that what you use on your forehead to make sure with your Hulk Hogan haircut that the rain just kind of falls off and doesn't stain whatever hair you have? Well, like, you know how, <laughs> you know how like, how you've got the crown of your head there, like, it, it's almost like it's been waxed there, like, with a buffer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, so uh, like, I, I, I do something like that, but then I back it off about 20 years. Yeah, oh, something okay. like that. So, like, were you thinking about getting hair plugs in the near future or when you absolutely have no hair on the top of your head? Just curious. When I have absolutely <laughs> no hair on the top of my head. I want to look more like you with that stupid look on my face. But, uh, yeah, guys, so just remember those tips. Um, hopefully, we'll get you uh, get you through. Um, but body care, you know, everyone's going to be seeing that uh, vehicle driving down the road. You want it to look good. You want it to look fresh. You want it to look clean. But you also want it to be safe. So make sure you follow those tips. Any other questions, again, we are always at the show ready to, uh, to help and uh, reach out. And uh, we always thank you for your continued support. And uh, next time we come back, we are going to have a full show on John's hair care product line and what he is doing to uh, fix the regression of his hairline. Or the lack of hair care other than shaving it the right the fuck off. <laughs> Mofo, thank you once again for your time, man. I really do appreciate the time and effort you put into uh, all these kind of spring maintenance or winter maintenance shows. I think a lot of people appreciate it as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a passion of mine. I, obviously, I'm a huge car guy, so I do enjoy it, do appreciate it, and always a pleasure to uh, be here. And thank you again, everyone, for listening, and uh, always go deep. And remember, like he said, folks, go deep. Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep.